All right, Inappropriate Earl is back. I'm freezing right now because I just got out of a cryogenic chamber on Valentine's Day. Got a freeze facial and a three-minute blaster to uh, cleanse my mind of troubles I have going on in my life right now. Plus, I took hot yoga, so my body's all out of whack. But what's not out of whack is my guest today. She's a good person, one of the few decent people in L.A. comedy. And uh, by the way, if you're wondering if you haven't been on my uh, podcast, uh, take the hint. We're 165 episodes in. <clears throat> She's an awesome person, great roast battler, uh, very uh, up-and-coming comic. Put your hands together, guys, for Nicole Buchanan. Yeah, I'm sure they're all putting their hands together right now. They are. Trust me. I have a <laughs> primarily a male fan base. So uh, <laughs> any uh, any woman I have on the couch, they're probably going to jack off to later. But uh, oh, great. Well, I have a weird fan base. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, here we are. Now, what's cool about you is I know nothing about you. Mm -hmm. Where are you from? I'm from Orange County. So not too far from here. The 714. Uh, yes. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, Marina High School. Marino High School? Marina. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, love to see that high school. <laughs> One run by Marino. Yeah. The Eric Marino High School. <clears throat> uh, so what uh, got you into comedy? Uh, well, I was, um, I was going to college here in L.A. I was going to UCLA. Um, and I was a political science major and I thought that I wanted to go to law school, uh, for a really long time. Why did you think that? What got you into law school or wanting to go there? Honestly. And it's the same to do with comedy. I, I think I just like wanted a room full of people to pay attention to me. Um, I, I wanted, I've been there. Yeah. I wanted to do like litigation and, um, I think, yeah, what attracted me to it wasn't even really the the law part of it, but the part that I wanted to get up and uh, convince people of things and make them listen to me. Um, so, and then I realized it really wasn't what I wanted to do. I actually met a guy in like an airport bar when I was going to Florida and uh, he was a lawyer and he was telling me how miserable he was and how he wouldn't do it if he was paid a penny less and all this stuff and really turned me off to the idea. Um, and then I was just really stuck in this, uh, I don't know what I want to do with my life phase and very depressed. And I was watching comedy all the time, uh, just to, to make myself forget about everything else in my life. And I just became so obsessed with it. And, um, one day I just started writing and convinced myself to go to an open mic. And the first time I tried it, I fell in love with it. And then I finished out my degree. Um, but I knew that this is what, it, what I really wanted to do. And what, uh, who were your, uh, like favorite comics when you first started? Um, I mean, Louie, which Louis Anderson, Louis CK. Okay. Okay. Cause well, I mean, you know, <laughs> they, they are two legends, yeah. uh, completely different comedy. Uh, and you're probably a little, uh, you're definitely a little too young for a sweet Louis Anderson, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I hate, I hate like saying like Louis is my favorite. Cause I feel like he's like everyone's, but he's just like the best right now. But, um, 
he's really great. I love Louis C.K. and I re- I was a big fan of Mark Marin as well um, when I first started. And now uh, that I've seen Chappelle go up at the store a few times, who I'd never seen live before um, doing comedy, he's definitely. I mean, he's the best, and I love watching him go up. Obviously. Yeah, we are very lucky that, you know, like tonight, uh, you know, it's Tuesday night, Valentine's Day. The roast battles tonight at the store and you never know afterwards who, uh, you know, you could see Dave Chappelle going on at two in the morning. You know, hopefully I don't get bumped for him. (laughs) Are you going up tonight? Uh, Well, you know, tonight uh, for the paid regulars at the comedy store, uh, uh, you can sign on to uh, do a spot after the if there's room at the end of the lineup. So uh, usually Tuesdays uh, I uh, go on, uh, you know, last Tuesday I had to uh, leave abruptly, but uh, we won't get into that. Uh, Why not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe later, maybe a couple minutes. We got to uh, get the juices flowing uh, before we get into that story. That, that could be another podcast, but yeah. uh, <clears throat> uh, my life uh, is not as perfect as it seems. And uh, we have a very nice apartment. I mean, it's uh, it's a guy's apartment, no doubt about it. Uh, you were looking through my uh, my uh, I wouldn't call it a library, but uh, <laughs> from uh, left to right, these are the books that I'm uh, reading right now: a uh, Burt Reynolds biography, <laughs> Bobby Brown, the Cherry Pie Video Girl, of course, a man who's near and dear to my heart, Stephen Piercy from Rat. And then uh, next to Stephen's book is Kamala, the Ugandan Giant, a book about the first black hockey enforcer, Val James, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and the great Kenny Aronoff, the drummer from John Cougar Mellencamp. You're reading all of these? No, I just, you know, like to buy books that look smart. (laughs) And uh, I'm not... Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's definitely a guy's apartment, but it's very clean. Well, I'm uh, very anal in that way, only in that way. Uh, I'm a need freak. I'm sure most people wouldn't uh, guess that uh, by looking at me or, you know, whatnot. But uh, I mean, what's your living situation? Who you? Uh, right now, I am... I've kind of been bouncing around. I took a suit like last month I took a suitcase and just like moved out of my parents' place. And, um, I was living with people. I stayed with, uh, I stayed with my like ex for like a week. And then I stayed with, uh, another comic Katrina Davis, who was really, really sweet and, um, nice to let me stay with her for a few weeks until I got back on my feet. And then now, uh, a comic who's in New York is subletting her room to me, Allie Mikofsky. Um, Oh, Allie's the best. Yeah. I love Allie. And so when she gets back, then I'm (laughs) going to stay at another comics place, Richie Gaines while he's, um, out in New York. And I'm I've just been bouncing around and, uh, hopefully I'll be able to find like a permanent place to stay because it's stressful. Um, not knowing where you're going to live and, stuff like that but it's been a a interesting last couple of months where i've made some decisions in my life where i want to just make changes and yeah <laughs> i've been there <laughs> yeah um do you mean like uh comedy changes lifestyle changes both just all around i was um you know i was feeling very 
down and depressed and stuck. And so I've been trying to do as much as I can to uh, make positive changes and see if I can't make myself uh, a happier, better person. Um, but it's a lot. It's been stressful and uh, I'm trying to be more independent. Um, and that's been hard because I, I haven't been throughout my life. I haven't been very independent. I've kind of relied on my parents and people around me. And Well, you're young. How old are you? 23. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you haven't even you know lived life yet. I mean, yeah. To no, a degree. So, you know, it's a big step coming to LA and, you know, yeah, starting com I feel like I've learned so much in the past year because I feel like I was very naive before I started comedy and then just coming out here and like being around the store and um all of that I feel like I I've, I've had to learn a lot whether it's for better or for worse. I mean, I've um <laughs> the store you'll find out a lot about yourself at the store. Yeah. Uh you know, it's the best club in the world. It it's really great. is. But, I love uh, it and um, sometimes hate it at the same time. What's well, tough if you, uh, you know, I mean, everyone dates everyone or fucks everyone, you know, I mean, I think, you know, I don't think right. I'm out of line by saying that. So, you know, things. Uh, yeah, it can feel like a high school if you're there too much, which is why I try to, unless I'm like um, there on Mondays for potluck or Tuesdays for roast battle, I try not to like hang out there all the time because yeah. it uh you know i'm here to do comedy not be at a high school oh well, it's very high school yeah <laughs> it's like you know and, you know if you don't get along with particular people you have to see them uh, a couple times a week it's like it's, it's a crazy dynamic up there but that's what makes it the store though it's like there's an energy up there that's you don't really get at the improv or laugh actually. Yeah, well, it makes you feel like a part of something. Um, it makes you feel like a you're a part of of comedy. It's just uh, and roast battles community. really right. uh, changed uh, the vibe up there. You know, Tuesday nights are, are probably the best night up there. Yeah, <laughs> and and everyone's a community, and mostly for the most part, I love everyone in the roast battle community, and it's um. It's yeah, been really a, good for me to have that that family and that encouragement. Yeah, there's a you know I pretty much feel the same way. I mean, there's one or two people uh, I can't stand, but uh, you know, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, I think people could probably guess, but uh, you know, I like to leave a little bit of mystery in my life. I'm sure, there's seven comics right now going. Is he talking about me? So. Uh, if you think I'm talking about you, you're probably right. So, uh, <laughs> and then what got you into, so you, you do the open mics, you know, you kind of get your feet wet. How long did you do the open mics for? Um, well, I'm, I st I'm still doing open mics, but, um, all right, well, just forget that question. Then. <laughs> like, so you, you got your feet wet right. in Orange County and there's a burgeoning uh, comedy scene there. A lot of open mics, a lot of good room, booked mm -hmm. rooms. Yeah. There's great comics who come out of OC. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And some not so great, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. But that's everywhere. Several not so great. But, but um, we'll name them later. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I actually only did a few mics in Orange County before I came up because I, I went to UCLA. So I started during the summer. And then when I came back to UCLA, I found kind of a comedy community there. Um, and one person in particular, uh, another comic, Nathan Mosher, who uh, 
you know, is around the scene a lot. He's not at the store a lot, but um, <clears throat> he also does does comedy. And I found him and he would drive me to open mics and uh, kind of got me started there. And I was really lucky to have UCLA actually starting comedy because my first show that I ever did was in front of like 300 people and college students. And um, how'd you get that show? Well, I mean, uh, because there was a club that was started at UCLA that was like a comedy club and they did improv stand up and all of that stuff. And I started going there and, um, Nathan would book the shows and put me on there cause I was a UCLA comic. And, um, because I was able to do that, I felt like doing those shows where I was doing that it, in front of tons of college students who are a relatively easy crowd, um, I gained a lot of confidence and I felt like I was able to get better a lot faster because of that. So I'm really lucky that I was able to, um, to do that. Yeah. And then <clears throat> what, like, did you have like a game plan, uh, in your mind of like, okay, I want to do open mics and I want to try and get past at a club or, or, I, the thing about comedy is I feel like it's so like there's so many different paths and it's so hard to know what you're supposed to do. Um, but I always knew that uh, the comedy store was like my real goal. I fell in love with the comedy store even before I started doing comedy. I actually fell in love with Roast Battle before I even started doing comedy. I was taken there on a date. Um, Someone took you on a date to Roast Battle? <laughs> yes. Jeez. Guys either got a lot of game or nothing. <laughs> Um, well, he knew I was a, a fan of comedy and he wanted to take me to the comedy store. And so he took me to that and I saw Jamar Neighbors and Joe Dosh. Um, and that was my first experience with Roast Battle. and Two legends. Right. Amazing. And um, so I, I knew that I felt like I was supposed to be at the comedy store. So I, I feel like that is what I wanted my path to be was just to, to try and get in there right um and obviously just go up anywhere else that i can just to get better and work out material and stuff like that but um as far as like wanting to go through a certain club the store was where i felt i was supposed to be um <clears throat> so that's still a route that i'm working on something that i i'd like to do is eventually um, I would like to be a paid regular at the store and that's what everyone is trying to do who's around yeah. there. But um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's right now my ultimate goal is just getting funnier and, and getting in through the store. And uh, what got you into wanting to do roast battle? Um, well, I, like I said, I had seen the show before I started comedy and I, I really loved it. I thought it was um, something that was, <laughs> interesting and something that I, I had never seen before. And I remember seeing you and I remember seeing the wave and just being like that there's so many different like aspects to this show and I've never seen anything like it. And I thought it was really, really cool. I was terrified. Um, and I thought like the energy of the room, it's terrifying. They'll eat you alive if you suck. Oh, they're animals. Um, so, uh, and I, it took me a while to finally be like, all right, I'm going to do it. But, um, once I did it, I, I, I couldn't stop. It was, uh, the, the energy is addicting. It's like, it really uh, is. It's a drug. It is. And I felt like I kind of was able, I feel like it's helped my comedy a lot. Cause it's helped like my confidence in me 
kind of be able to come out of my shell on stage because I just kind of embraced the insanity of the show, starting with my second battle. Um, you know, I yelled like J lights a faggot and got in the camera's face. And my third battle, I made out with Jamar neighbors on stage. And I feel like I've just kind of like developed this almost alter ego that I have. I think that was my idea. It was your idea. Um, yeah. Uh, but you wouldn't do it. Well, it's like, well, let me tell you why, uh, uh, you know, I just, uh, felt that the uh the you know the the gentleman you were dating uh i think he's still uh, you guys were on a hiatus at that time mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Uh, i just felt like he still liked you uh or loved you what i, I don't know uh, you know you guys were still into each other and i didn't want to do that to him right um uh, so apparently not everyone goes by that rule but hey you know <laughs> whatever uh yeah. so uh you know i was like well because that's how serious uh people are about roast battle is uh you look for any edge any angle you know uh you know like when i was battling benji uh i at one point uh thought of bringing his ex-girlfriend out and having her make out with her current boyfriend. Oh, wow. Uh, but I love Benji so much and we're dear friends. I just, I, I don't want to win that bad. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so, but that's the, shows you the, um, just the heights of some people willing to do whatever it takes to win. And you won that battle. I did. And I mean, that was more like me making out with Jamar. That was more supposed to be funny. And I think um, he found it funny. I was roast battling my ex-boyfriend at the time. And I think he found it funny. And so it wasn't like uh, a big, a big thing. It was just, I was trying to top uh, the time before where they had asked me if I would let the wave smash. And I said, I'll let this whole fucking room smash. And uh, (laughs) I didn't know I was going to top that. So I think, um, making out with a member of the wave was and then and then sarah silverman did it on the tv show and i was like she took my bit right well <laughs> get used to that at the comedy store uh, i'm just kidding gee all these uh entrances now uh people do these wacky entrances never saw that before uh someone <laughs> anyway earl that... everyone knows you're the king of that uh, well no hooper's for, hooper's up there yeah <laughs> well no doubt about he's it. uh yeah, he's developed a whole new thing. My uh, last entrance left a lot to be desired, but uh, luckily uh, the jokes were there. But, uh, you know, who knows what the future holds for me in roast battle. Never say never. Do you know who your next battle is? Um, you know, it. Uh, well, I guess I'm not ranked number two anymore. I guess Frank is, uh, I guess, I don't know if Hooper's number two and Frank's number one, or uh, I don't know how that works, but uh, I would like... Lo- I would like to battle one of those two guys. Uh, I guess Hooper, because it would be for the belly room title. Right. I guess you can't win Frank's title because it's, uh, you know, it has to, there's no way to win that title. So uh, I don't really like battling and uh, I'll only battle people I like. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, there's a, one or two battles that people really want to see uh, me in, but uh, I don't know if that's a possibility at this juncture, but who knows? Never say never. Yeah. Um, but you have a battle coming up, uh, well, in June. Yeah, this is a long time from now. I'm trying to set up one in between then. Um, we'll see. Like like you said, I only want to battle people that I like, and so it's hard. Um, I mean, not that I don't like a lot of people. I like a lot of people, but you have to like them. And um, 
also think they're funny and think it'll be a good battle and uh someone that i don't know just that it'll there has to be a chemistry there to where you know it'll be a good battle and so um i was just taking whatever but now i feel like i want to be more like picky about who i battle and stuff like that yeah i mean i gotta like someone if they're gonna shit on me uh, you know, uh, they're gonna joke about my parents dying two months apart or failed right. relationships or whatever, which would I think would be a big target. Uh, uh, I better fucking adore you. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's just two people shitting on each other. Right. Yeah. I battled one person that I didn't really know. I'd never met her before, and it felt weird. Who was that? Uh, Anne Flag. Right. That was a weird battle, but it was a fun battle. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, it went well for me. Yeah, um, I mean, she uh, she's kind of new to the room. Right. She uh, had done, like, the Temecula battles. Which, uh, you know, uh, which is no more, the Temecula roast wars. Uh, but I think a few people who had done those thought, oh, I can do uh, the the belly room roast battle. And it's just a different, just a different game. Right. Which is, I mean, like, yeah, I feel like a lot of people come from that show and then they realize the belly room is a lot different. Which is why when I battled her and uh, I said that line, uh, you're not in Temecula anymore, bitch. <laughs> and, um, people like that because you, you do come from Temecula and you don't know. But I mean, she ended up being very nice and whatever. But um, it, it is weird battling someone you don't know, especially if you're going to be saying these things about them. And it feels weird because I'm like, I don't really know you. And I'm making fun of you, you know, fucking married men and... uh saying your pussy's wrecked or whatever and i've never met you in my life it's just uh well you know you sign up for roast battle you know the drill yeah no no stone will be left unturned yeah i mean she went there with me too uh, i mean not really um her she her jokes weren't that mean actually uh which i was expecting since she didn't know me for them to be meaner but i feel like the people that actually know me their jokes have been meaner because um, there's a lot of inside baseball jokes in the ballet room. Uh, right. Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. It's weird how that works. Well, it really depends on, uh, you know, a lot of you fuck this person, you know, so you're a whore, or, you know, you, you know <laughs> Earl, you fuck this person, you're this. So, but now I think sometimes they don't work because it's a new crowd now. Like it's, it's people who've seen the TV show. It, it's, People who aren't familiar with, you know, me or you, so they don't know, you know, your ex-boyfriend or my ex-girlfriends or whatever, so that they follow flat sometimes. But for the people who do know us, it's killer jokes. Yeah, and it used to be that the Rose Battle was just a room full of comics almost, and now because of the fire hazard thing and all that stuff, it's yeah. not as many comics in there. And yeah, it's Thank like you, Dorothy Gable or I don't know what her name was. That's the girl who uh, yeah. ratted it out. And so. uh, the and then yeah like you said it's more of like a real audience now and people have seen the TV show so it's less like us just shitting on each other uh, in front of people that know us all and now it's us shitting on each other in front of people who don't know us at all so it has to be more like or less inside and um, yeah yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I think the jokes now have to be a little more uh, not sterilized, but uh, 
you know, a little more uh, less inside baseball and just kind of maybe visual jokes. Well, you know. Right. Which is most of the jokes that are made against me. I never, it's weird because I'm a woman, but I never really get horror jokes. Um, well, because you haven't slept around at the store. I mean, it's true. Uh, to my knowledge, I mean, uh, have you? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Not really. Um, well, that's good. But I mean, like, uh, you know, like, and I don't think she would uh, mind me saying this. I don't usually like to mention names, but, uh, you know, she's a cool girl. Uh, I love her. She's been on the couch before. But like Lindsay Jennings, who's a little more uh, flamboyant about her. Uh, sexual conquest uh yeah she doesn't give a fuck yeah which is why she's great i mean mm -hmm. and i don't you know hey you know you hook up with you know whoever you hook up with it's great uh you know she you know those jokes are kind of more at her because you know she's probably been with three or four dudes in the room at one point right not at the same time but like uh you know so uh, but i don't put you in that uh, category yet <laughs> yet well never say never <laughs> maybe one day you know if you're lucky maybe the stars yeah. align <laughs> uh, uh but yeah i feel like most of it, it's funny because i was talking about someone to someone about that today is that uh that there have been jokes that have been made about some of like the worst parts of my life like uh my suicide attempt and uh things like that and those don't really bother me as much as just jokes about my looks and i hate that about myself that i'm that shallow that it bothers me that much and i remember when i did my battle against my ex and uh nick youssef kind of went in on my looks and uh that was the first time that like i really felt roast battle like get to me like i i went home and i was like man am i like ugly and fat and like i think it also had to do with the fact that i was standing next to someone who had dumped me and um and then he was just like going and it wasn't necessarily like the the room wasn't really having fun with it either they were like oh and so it like just made me feel awkward and like uh yeah, that was the first time it really got to me. So for some reason, the jokes about my looks um, are the ones that really get to me, not necessarily even the ones that are about like the darkest parts of my life. So. But you're also so young, you know, you know, 23 and, and you know, younger, I think uh, jokes about your looks are going to hurt more than, you know, they will when you're 30 and Nothing. Yeah, it's a self-image thing for yeah, sure. Yeah, which is like why I made the mistake of uh, battling two girlfriends. And uh, uh, let's just say I don't think you should battle people you're dating at the time. Yeah. It's a big mistake. Yeah. Because uh, I think even though we had, uh, we didn't tell each other the jokes, but we uh, might have hinted, hey, I might talk about this and, you know, uh, it was a big mistake. So, yeah. So, and, uh, yeah. And even, I mean, like, uh, my battle went fine with my ex. I feel like it was, uh, nothing, no lines are really crossed. I feel like, but then definitely don't, if you do that, don't talk about afterwards. Like, Oh, I could have used this. Like if you had extra jokes, don't tell them what it would have been. <laughs> um, because, uh, yeah, he, he told me like a joke that he didn't use and i was like why would you tell me that <laughs> and it got, i got mad for like a second and then it was fine but, see i did the opposite <clears throat> with uh olivia like we wanted to battle each other so much that we would just tell like each other a joke a week 
because our joke our battle kept getting delayed mm -hmm. and we could just couldn't keep the jokes in anymore and you know we'd go to like Mel's or wherever and be like okay well you tell me one I'll tell you one and uh, you know so but uh, you know I wish uh, we didn't battle at the end of the day might, right. might, might have been a mistake but uh, you know you live and learn so um, but you, you know would you think uh you know, do you think roast battle hurts your stand-up writing? Because a lot of people get so focused when they have a battle, like they lose track of their like. It's hard, dude, because the roast battle jokes are fairly uh, disposable. Like right. you probably never use them again. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I find that they hurt. it helps my stand-up because you're writing so many jokes, but it hurts it in my uh, particular case because it's like you just get into this one track mind of shitting on someone. Yeah. You're thinking about someone a lot. I don't know. Like I, I guess if you're doing it too, like there was a point where I was doing it like every two weeks almost. And I did a lot of battles in a short period of time. And yeah, that definitely took away from it. But if you're doing it, you know, once every month or once every two months. And I, I mean, I've uh, streamlined my process to where I'm not like, running like some people will run their jokes for two weeks at mics of like wrote and I'll run them maybe like once or twice. Um and I don't write like a hunt like some people write like a hundred jokes. That would be whatever. me. Yeah. And um I get that like at first I was like, how do you write that many jokes? But then like I would see people who would do it and it'd be like, oh, they're not necessarily all like worked out. They're just like writing down whatever comes to their mind, which um I kind of, and uh, I've heard Leah K. Janian talk about this. Like I kind of do more of her thing where I'll write maybe like 10 or 11 jokes and just work on those jokes to make them really good. Um, <clears throat> as opposed to writing like a hundred and So I don't know. It, it could take away from your stand, but I feel like it's improved uh, my confidence on stage. I feel like it's helped my right as far as like because with a uh, roast battle with your jokes they have to be so to the point and uh not wordy and so i feel like it's helped me um maybe edit jokes and stuff like that um and given me more confidence um so i think it's helped my stand up a lot since i've started doing roast battle actually yeah i can see that i mean it's uh <clears throat> does it's like going to the gym you get in such a even to write just 10 jokes on one person, that's a lot for one week or, you know, two weeks. So uh, it sharpens your mind. Yeah. And to be know. able to deal with that room and all the different elements coming at oh you God, with the hater and the wave and the audience and all that, to be able to, to uh, navigate all of that is a good exercise in being a comedian. I feel like. Well, it really hones up your timing because you have to uh, be so on your toes in that room, like, and you have to really time your joke right. Like, if the the wave does something wacky and gets a big applause line, you can't say your next joke until the applause has died down, mm -hmm. or else people won't hear it. And, or if I say something and I I interrupt a lot, and it's not really on purpose, but just you know, you got in that room, you have to say like what you got to say right now. Yeah. Um, so uh, there is a lot to deal with. And now that there's like 
there's not just like three judges anymore. It's like three judges, Jeff, and then someone like say Tony Hinchcliffe will sit in or Ron White, uh, you know, and, and uh, other, you know, people chime in. So many people chime in now. It's like. Right. And I think um, like I really appreciate what what Brian Moses does because he um, does a really good job, I think, at just kind of like orchestrating it and throwing it to you or throwing it to the judges and, and really doing that, but without making it about him. And I think he does a really good job of making it run smoothly without making it look like he's doing that. So um, I think he does a really good job of hosting it and making sure that all the elements kind of work together. And Oh, absolutely. He's like <clears throat> the ultimate point guard. Right. Uh, you know, you if, if the host was a ball hog, uh, the the show would be ruined. Right. It's like then everyone would be interrupting each other, trying to get their lines in. I would. I'd interrupt the wave and vice versa. And you know, Moses is uh, he's really the perfect host for this show because it's it's not easy. It's yeah. not easy to roast. It's not easy to uh, host. It's uh, certainly not easy to hate. Um, I, even I did the wave one night when we switched places and it was like, wow, this is a lot harder than it looks. Yeah. It's amazing that the show even comes together, that it doesn't like completely fall apart. Um, I mean, in three years, I've never seen a show in LA comedy that's lasted this long and is this hot still. And, uh, it's really a testament to Moses and Jeff and everyone really did the, you know, no one's really selfish about, you know, everyone wants to share in the laughs and, you know, even the roasters want to like, you want your roasting partner to be good. Right. Because if they suck, then you're going to look bad. Uh, you know, you'd think you'd want to kill your, I mean, you want to win, but you also, you know, if your opponent's good, they're going to give you stuff to play on and, you know, right. I mean, you even saw in like some of the roast battle shows on TV, like when one opponent wasn't doing well, it, it really made it hard for the other roaster to, uh, you know, shine. Yeah, it's really the best when you have a good chemistry with it. It's to me, I feel like I'm putting on a show with that person as much yeah. as you're against them because it's a it's a battle or whatever. At the end of the day, you're doing comedy and it's a show and you're putting on a show together and you want the audience to laugh. And that's the most important part. And I feel like people forget that. Like, they're like, oh, it's a battle and I'm roasting them. But it's like, no, you're putting on a show for these people who paid to get into the belly room or who, you know, um, enjoy the show or whatever. And so uh, the most important part is that it's funny and entertaining. So um, that's how I see it is when I battle someone, I want it to be someone that I want to put on a show with and someone that I have good chemistry with on stage. And it's definitely the best. If you know the person, you know a lot about them and you can, you know, go back and forth with them. And, um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I used to, when I was kind of first starting in stand up, I wanted to follow people who bombed because I thought, mm -hmm. well, I'm going to look better. Right. And uh, it's pro it's probably the opposite. Like you want to follow someone who's doing well because you can just ride the wave. Yeah, someone and, you can feed off their energy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very much like that in roast battle. Like you want the battle before you to, you know, be going great so the crowd's into it and and Moses is more into it and you know the wave and me are more into it. The judges are more into it. Because when there's a bad battle and the judges are bummed out, that bumps out the whole room. Right. Well, sometimes even a, a really bad battle can be funny if, you know, you and the judges and the wave 
um, pick it up and, you know, take the energy elsewhere is just like shitting on the, the people on stage. And, Which I feel bad about doing sometimes. But you're saving the show. And like I said, it's about the show and it's about being funny. It's not really about um, them. But I think some some of the newer battlers are like, uh, <laughs> why are they ganging up on me? Right. Uh, you know, but then you have someone like Richie Gaines who like, you know, he didn't have the strongest battle against Lindsay, but he took it like a champ. Yeah. I mean, he had people chanting in the room, you can't fuck. And yeah. it sucks. Got, got a little personal between him and Lindsay. <laughs> I guess they had hooked up once and, uh, you know, uh, maybe wasn't the greatest experience but uh but at the end of the day because he took it so well and took everyone's shots you know i was judging that night and you know all the judges were ganging up on him and then uh, henchcliffe ganged up on him and then he started going after henchcliffe and it it ended up he ended up winning the crowd because he, he uh you know him and tony had a good exchange and uh you know at the end of the day most people probably don't even remember Lindsay won you know Three weeks later. Yeah. I bet if you asked who won Lindsay's battle that night, at least 30% of the people would say Richie because they remember him getting a lap against Tony. Yeah, uh, maybe. Um, Yeah, I mean, Richie's great. And I I know he, he had a hard time with that battle and uh, was feeling pretty down about it. But I hope he, he keeps doing it because he's a good... Oh, he's great. And he's a super nice dude. And, uh, but that's the thing in those, uh, you know, especially one round battles. If, you know, if you lose your momentum, it's, it's, it's tough to get it back. Right. Uh, Because it's just, there's no time. Right. I mean, Tony Bartoloni's experienced that. And And Albert. (laughs) With Albert. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, their entrances were so, uh, but in, in full disclosure, you know, that was the night of, uh, uh, my uh, entrance uh, that bombed. So I didn't exactly set uh, those guys up for uh, entrances. <laughs> yeah. Well, like it, it, his was the same case as kind of Richie where he just like realized that he was bombing and had to just keep going with it and be like, well, this is happening and just ha- had to. Um, Cause they were a main event. So they had like, that sucks when you bomb in the first round and you realize, <laughs> Oh fuck, I got to do another two. And he had to stay in this, whatever Santa Claus white, white power santa he was yeah um, uh, well and and plus al madrigal was a judge and al's hardcore he's he's very much like mike lawrence and his judging where if mm-hmm. it's a great battle he'll give you props but if it sucks to any degree you're gonna hear it right and you can't really fire back at al or mike because they're pretty uh they're uh incredibly capable of like making you feel even worse yeah uh but you know once again you sign up for that I think it's hilarious how many people fire back at Tony Hinchcliffe now and people are just so ready to uh, laugh at any joke made at Tony Hinchcliffe. Well, Tony's like a, he's a pure wrestling heel and he loves it. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it gets him going. Um, and we were talking about that on the patio the other day that I wanted to see you and Tony battle. You know, uh, it's... Uh, you never say never. I mean, I don't know if it could be in the belly room. It, it, it would have to be maybe in Montreal. Of course, in Montreal, you have brackets and you don't really have uh, too much control over who you battle. Right. Um, you know, uh, you know, it would be a great battle because we know the dirt on each other. Uh, 
you know, I, I'm very thorough with my research. Um, so, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, uh, it's, I mean, there's a couple battles I think with me, people want to see, and, uh, you know, never say never, <laughs> you know? So, uh, I mean, I don't really like, it's, it's tough. Like in one sense, like we've talked about, I want to battle people I like. Mm-hmm. But I also, you know, like the battle with Benji was hard because I think he's great. He's an amazing writer. He's very successful. But, you know, for those five jokes, I had to act like he was the most unfunny person on earth. Right. So. I, it, it is easier if you have. I feel like um, my best battles have been when I've had just a little bit. Of, like I like them and respect them. Like with Dan, I like him. I respect him. A little bit of hostility towards him at the time. <laughs> And so I felt like uh, it drove me a little bit. I was like, oh, this guy dumped me. I have to win. (laughs) And so that like really drove me to uh, have a really, really good battle. And um, any, any battle where I did really well, I feel like I had to find the little bit of hostility, even if it's something stupid, like, like Leah Lamar, I love everything about her. She's She's one of my favorite people, but I'm like, she's a hot girl. Fuck her. (laughs) Well, you (laughs) have to think like that for a few minutes, (laughs) you know? And so like, that's the only thing I could find that I'm like, oh man, fuck her. She's really hot. That's the only hostility I could find towards her. And so that was the thing that I focused on in my, in my battle with her. Most of my jokes were about that. And, um, she even, she asked me if she could use one of my jokes that I used against her in her standup now. Um, about, that's cool. Yeah. About, Which one was it? Uh, that she looks like a Victoria's secret model. If the secret was all their models have dicks. <laughs> Um, which is just cause when I was looking through pictures of her and, you know, she's like a very beautiful girl, but also has like a six pack and like, you know, so she was, she's in shape. No yeah. About. She's in very good shape. So, um, yeah. And I don't know if she's been using it, if it's been working, but she texted me and asked me if she could use that. So maybe that's something in roast battle that people can explore is just using the jokes that have been used against them as, a self-deprecating humor on stage if especially if you're a hot girl and uh you want to be able to kind of make yourself more likable on stage maybe start off by using some things that have been said about you in roast battle yeah but you're a hot girl everyone wants to fuck you in the ballet room <laughs> uh sure i mean maybe <laughs> in uh in my battles uh, that hasn't really been the theme it's been mostly about how i'm not <laughs> But, um, yeah, but that's just like, you know, Nick, uh, you know, he was just doing that to you to, uh, you'd be like the Simon Cowell of the show. I mean, right. You know, like it's hard judging. Like, you, I guess, you know, when you're judging, you're not tech, you know, you're not really supposed to be funny. Like you're, you know, you're supposed to judge, but mm-hmm. you know, you have to, you know, be funny in, in whatever way you can. And, you know, I think sometimes, uh, like I always used to think you were a stoner, right? Because you like have a uh, very chill, uh, you, you know, way of speaking, and it's it's almost like me. Everyone thinks I smoke pot, yeah. Um, and you're, you know, sometimes it would be like it would look like physically you're falling asleep, right? And I have a joke about that, and uh, in my own stand up, that that's been something even as a kid that I always had like these stoner eyes. So that's right. Like, um, Do you smoke pot? I have, right. 
but I don't do it regularly. Like, uh, I never did it before I started doing comedy. And then, um, you know, I'd be at the store and someone would offer it to me and it'd be embarrassing because I don't really know how to do it. It's like, you know, there's a lot of like different pieces to, you know, when they pack the bowl and then you have to hold the thing. And, right. and I would always be like, how do you do this? And so it was embarrassing. So I wouldn't really do it that often. But um, I mean, like, it's just something that if like people have it and I'm there, then right. I've, I've done it. But uh, it's not something that I do all the time. But yeah, a lot of people do assume that I'm high all the time because I have that demeanor and I look like that. Right. And by the way, if you do smoke pot, uh, make sure to go to a speedweed.com. They are not a sponsor of this show, but Gino's a good man and he provides a lot of party favors during roast battle to take the show to even greater heights. So speedweed.com. Like Josh Meyerwitz says, if you want your weedy speedy, go to speedweed.com. <laughs> I love Josh. Josh is great. I mean, you could, but you know, like, like we talk about it being a family show roast battle. The few times Josh, who is autistic thunder, he uh, does the battle battle chant, takes his shirt off and shows you his moves. Uh, <laughs> the few times he hasn't been there, the show hasn't been the same. Yeah. He brings up the energy and he's just like such a part of it. And I'm glad that Moses brought him on stage at the house of blues and, um, had him do that there too, because there's definitely something missing without him. Yeah. There. So, uh, go, uh, you know, look for autistic thunder on uh, Twitter, tweet at him, make him feel good. He gets depressed <laughs> a lot. Who doesn't get depressed a lot? Yeah. Now what's, uh, you got any big things coming up, Nicole, like any big comedy gigs or, uh, <sighs> No, I, <laughs> I like your honesty. I, uh, you know, if you would like to book me, then book me. Um, Where do people find you online? Uh, I'm at Nicole Buchanan on Twitter. Spell B that for my uh, fans. Sure. N-I-C-O-L-E-B-E-C-A-N-N-O-N. -E -N -N. Um, on Twitter and then on Instagram, isn't there an underscore? Yes. Nicole underscore Buchanan on Instagram. Um, and that's about it. Uh, I don't, I don't really post clips of my comedy on YouTube yet. Uh, there's a couple of clips just posted from UCLA and uh, Kill Tony and a couple of things like that. But other than that, that's about it. I'm on a show next Sunday at the Lexington called Trapped with Comics. And uh, I have a roast battle coming up in June. Hopefully one, maybe a little sooner than that. We'll see. Um, Anna Valenzuela and I have talked about battling, but she's taking a break after her TV appearance. So that's tough. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I know in, uh, after Montreal, I didn't want to battle ever again. I was like, yeah, I think if I got on the TV show, I feel like that would be my retirement. Like I would, um, I'd be like, yeah, that's it. I'm done. Well, cause you gotta like, you know, it's, it, you know, if you're lucky to get to the live finale, it's, it's four battles and like six, you know, now it, for us, it was four battles in five days, but I think for the, uh, the season two, it was a little better. I think it was four battles in seven days, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, high, uh, intense battles. It's not like you're battling, you know, a schlub open mic or that you can get a, you know, easy win against you're battling the best of the best, you know, 16 people can only get into this thing. And, you know, there's so many people who deserved to get it, but, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's only 16 people. So, 
Um, but uh, season two was great. You know, I'm sure season three will be, uh, you know, who knows? Have you had Frank on here yet? Uh, I've had Frank on three times. No way. For the champ, Frank Castillo. I had him on twice when he, you know, uh, door guy, roast battle talk. And then uh, he came on a few days after he won. And, uh, you know, a lot of people love the episode because it's, uh, I don't think people really realize the process of this show. Even though I've done like a lot of episodes about it, it's still, uh, it's a lot of work to do a battle. It's one round or three rounds. and Yeah. And uh, Frank had to prepare for like for the finals. It was him and Joe and then uh, him and whoever won the battle between Matt and uh, Todd. And so he had to write jokes for all three of those people. And that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, uh, in Montreal, I had to write for Sarah, uh, Tiana, Mike Lawrence and Kay Trevor. And you just have to, you know, and that was on two days notice. So you have to write like now. some people, I think Mike Lawrence had uh, wrote a few jokes for all 15 people. Uh, I heard about that. And, before. And no. still wrote jokes for himself. And that's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, you know, me, I was doing it day by day. Like, uh, you know, in the the final four, I was like, all right, uh, Tiana's going to get 65% of my time. And then uh, then you had to kind of go, well, okay, Trevor or Mike, uh, the, you know, you don't know who's going to win. So you're like, but you have to devote. You can only devote so much time, and then uh, I probably devoted the, the least amount of time to Kay Trevor, just because you know I picked Mike. Yeah, who and, you ended up having to battle anyway. Yeah, uh, I ended up battling uh, Kay Trevor, and he's—I don't think people realize how good he is, man. He's like a legend. He was great, and like um, at least nobody like here really knew who he was, and then he came on the TV show and just killed it. Oh, he would kill, I think, anyone in the top ten in LA. Yeah, you know, because he was he's, amazing. I don't think. Uh, like he's just so good at going. Okay, I'm, and he's not fat, but like, you know, he's a heavy set guy, uh, and he knows that's where most of the jokes are going to be. Uh, you're fat. You're this. You're that. And he's like, okay, I'm fat. What are you? Yeah. You know, look at you. And that's one of the most empowering things I think is is when people. I haven't been able to write that many comebacks. Because I feel like I'm not self-aware enough. I, I'm still like, oh, people aren't going to say I'm ugly or like whatever. And so I haven't been able to really come. And that's something I think I think Lindsay is really good at is um, saying like, oh, this is what people are going to say about me. Yeah, I'm a whore. <clears throat> so I'm and she's not. Back. But, yeah. you know, tattoos, the piercings. <laughs> bless you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, like uh, that's probably my best asset. I know people are going to go, you're old. But that sets me up to rebut them. Well, you're fucking fat. Yeah. You're probably not going to live to my age. Uh, And then, you know, like I still think Olivia is probably the best at, uh, you know, owning her roasting weaknesses. Like she's not fat, but like, you know, it's not compliment battle. So she knows that people are going to attack her, whatever. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, and she owns it. Like, right. Okay. I might be, uh, you know, this, but you're that. Uh, and that's why she's so hard to beat. Um, and same thing with like uh, Mike Lawrence. He's like, okay, I'm creepy looking. <laughs> Great. You're yeah. fucking this. And the more you do it, the more you know what people are going to come after you for. Yeah. I mean, I th- like you said, you have to be really self aware and you have to just be completely honest with yourself. And, 
you know, I've seen some people who are like grossly overweight and they don't prepare for fat jokes. Right. And it's like, what do you expect? You and know? even if you're not grossly overweight, like in roast battle, if you're not skinny, you're fat. And if you're not yeah. hot, you're ugly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a real fucking uh, truth challenge, you know, if, or, and you know, it, it's, if you've just broken up with your girlfriend or she cheated on you or you cheated on her, that's going to be the first fucking joke. Right. So you better have a rebuttal for it. Uh, you know, so, or if you're, you know, if you're related to someone famous, you know, it's going to be a joke. Or, you know, if you open up for Jeff Ross or if you open up for Rob Schneider or whoever, they're going to joke about that. So, uh, you know, I, I'm amazed sometimes that, you know, people don't prepare their rebuttals better. You know, if you're Mexican, there's going to be some kind of racist immigration joke. Right. You know, if you're black, that's your problem. But like, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but there's going to be like a slave joke or, yeah. uh, you okay, know. Definitely if you're black, prepare for black jokes because that's the like center of roast battle, I feel like. Well, the show is, uh, but it, you know, it's really uh, a parody, like mm -hmm. all the racial jokes that right. are, you know, it's like Archie Bunker style, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you're probably too, or you are way too young for that reference, but you know really the the racial jokes up there are making fun of the race that's telling the joke you know like you know, right. when, I, when i hate and i'll do a slave auction joke if there's three black people on stage i'm really making fun of white people for being stupid right uh, well i feel like i was saying this today too that i feel like gross battle is like uh taking all the things that we were all made fun of for for growing up or like caught you know, whatever kind of, you know, if you're a woman, if you're black, if you're fat, if you're whatever, like that's all stuff that we got, uh, um, insulted for or made fun of for at growing up. And now we're kind of taking that power and making fun of that, like making fun of, you know, the fact that, you know, we're calling all the women whores or whatever, but it, I feel like in that room it's making fun of the fact that everyone thinks that about women or yeah. making fun of the fact that everyone thinks that about black people. I feel like it, the whole show is kind of like a parody and it's the, the bullied becoming the bullies. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it is true. Like you look at <clears throat> some of the better battlers, you know, these are social misfits and, you know, with the exception of maybe, uh, I'd say Pat Barker, who's probably the most normal looking yeah. uh, person on the the whole show, like uh, outside of him, and it, it's like you know these are people who have never been given a chance to bully, right. and now this is their shot. Like I've been made fun of my whole life for being fat, <laughs> being gangly, or you know acne, or you know uh, never been good with women. Well, now this is someone who's never been good with women. It's their chance to roast a girl and call her a cunt right and yeah. get an applause break yeah they love it when the nerds go after the hot girl or whatever yeah yeah i mean this really is revenge of the nerds this yeah. show. <laughs> uh, and you know like like for me it's like a great chance to be something i'm not you know i'm not an aggressive person or a shit talker but it, it is fun to do this couple minutes yeah so, well, Nicole, you're a good person. 
We're going to have you back. We're going to talk about relationships next. <laughs> yeah. The ins and outs of dating in the comedy world. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we've had a lot of conversations about it on the patio, I feel like. and uh, It's tough, you know. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of shenanigans that go on in that patio. <laughs> a lot of shenanigans. But, uh, you know, you like who you like, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, uh, and then if it ends well, you still have to see them the next week. Or ends poorly. Yeah. I guess nothing ever ends well. Right. Because then it wouldn't end, um, <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, never say never. You know, it's strange how romance in the comedy world works. But uh, well, we're gonna have you. We're gonna do a relationship podcast. It's Valentine's Day today. I know, we- <laughs> and we're both doing a podcast with each other. Yeah. And no, uh, get your dirty minds out of the gutter, you listeners. I've never touched Nicole. You know, uh, a lot of people think I just have girls on this podcast just to, like, line stuff up. Uh, no. She's actually a cool person. <laughs> but here's the ba- bad thing about you being on this podcast tonight. I'm going to give you a ride to the comedy store because mm-hmm. we're both going to roast battle. Yeah. And I guarantee you when we pull up to the comedy store and people see us get out of the same car, they're going to think we fucked. Yeah. It, which is crazy. <laughs> like you, in in the and it's not the comedy store, but like it, but in the comedy world, it's like people have such a hard time thinking that two people like you and I could just be friends, right? Like we lean on each other, like we are. Uh, let's just say going through a similar problem, yeah. And we know the parties involved, right? So it's easy for me to give you advice on what a dude thinks, and. Vice versa, you can tell me what a girl thinks. Right. So, because it's, I don't know how many dudes you've been with. I don't want to know. <laughs> I, I, let's just put it this way. Would you say you're an experienced woman? And I don't mean just sexually, <clears throat> but just like, you know, you've been with a few dudes. Um, A, a few, three. But, oh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. Well, that you know that gets uh, cuts to the chase on that. Uh, <laughs> but you know you've been uh, you know and is uh, you've had some experiences with men is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'd say I'm pretty. I'm, I'd say I'm fairly inexperienced, and I've had more experiences in the past year than I've had ever. Right. But so I'm learning. Right. It's that's my point. Though, <laughs> it's like uh, with even with all the uh, experiences you've had, you know, you probably think you know men. Mm-hmm. but it's hard to get it like you're not a man so you don't know what we're thinking it's the same thing with me and women like you know i've you know i mean i'm a lot older than you guys uh so I've experience yeah. level is, well that's why i like talking to you too is i feel like you definitely have a lot more experience than i do but also every man and every i hope every man is different because if every man is the same then that sucks <laughs> because then i do know man and that sucks <laughs> well I, you know uh yeah i mean everyone's different uh you know i mean not all male comics are pigs uh you know i, I just think that uh it's such an alpha male uh i mean roast battle that not the show but just the night Mm-hmm. is a very alpha male uh oriented behavior you know it's like oh if uh if uh you know let's just say you and i were dating 
oh, Nicole's fucking Earl, well, maybe I can fuck her. You know, I mean, that's the thinking up there. Or, or, and sometimes it helps you. Like, oh, uh, if Nicole's a hot babe, if she's boning Earl, maybe I can fuck him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. In the real world, I don't know if that thinking exists, but uh, in the comedy world, it certainly does. Yeah. You know, like I'm sure some people looked at you and, and with your uh, on again, off again ex was like, well, maybe I can get in there now that he's out. <laughs> you know, or whatever. It's crazy. Right. Uh, I mean, so, you know, it's definitely a podcast to be explored. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, but. Yeah. I'd love to be back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, you know, it's fun to get the comedy and roast battle talk out of the way, but I've often wanted to do a podcast on uh, the dating lives of comics because uh, I think it is uh, fascinating. You know, I mean, and I've said it before, like, on one hand, I think we're the only people who can date each other because we get the, the life. Mm-hmm. You know, like tonight, we're going to be out till 2, 3 in the morning. I mean, I think a lot of people go to norms after and hang out. I, I personally can't stomach those dinners because <laughs> uh, everyone's doing shtick and trying to one-up each other. It's like, you know, when I leave the comedy store, I'm just Earl. Right. I don't want to fucking try and yuck it up over Norm's shitty food. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, at 3 or 4 in the morning, you know, if, if you dated someone who had a 9 to 5 job, they'd be like, fuck, you're going to sleep when I'm getting up. Yeah. So there's stuff like that that I'd like to get into and not naming names. I try not to name names on this podcast because they're not here to defend themselves. Yeah. I've noticed you're fair about that. I try. I want to at sometimes, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, I like to talk about revenge a lot on this show. Uh, you know, I, you know, I leave out these little, uh, you know, innuendos. Right. I like to make people think. And all comics are so like self-centered that they're like, oh, he's definitely talking about me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so it probably makes people really self-conscious. I, what's just my whole game plan? Right. I think you should keep doing it. Oh, I, I do. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, there's uh, a very sweet form of revenge that's coming up uh, in a couple weeks. That, uh, you know, this person has no clue. But, uh, you know, it's a cold world out there, guys should treat everyone nice because you never know who you're burning, who they know. <laughs> but I will never talk about an ex poorly on the show. That I will only talk about uh, an ex. And, you know, I don't really have anything poor to say about any of my exes, but if I ever did, they would be on the couch to defend themselves. I've always wanted to do a podcast with exes. Talk about, okay, why did things not work out? Yeah. Not with me per se. It could be me and an ex and then maybe you and an ex. And then I think you get a nice dialogue. Right. So maybe that could be a possibility. Yeah. I think there's a lot. I I was just talking to a bunch of people yesterday, like a whole group of people. We are all like a bunch of comics are going through breakups right now. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's definitely something that could be explored and could be interesting and awkward. Well, well, it might be (laughs) awkward. You know, it depends on the... uh, um, the breakup, you know, uh, I guess why you broke up. I mean, uh, you know, my only thing is cheating. That's like my only like deal breaker. Like, uh, you know, that 
uh, probably would not be a good podcast because I get pretty into it. Right. Uh, but as long as it's not cheating, you know, I, I, I could talk about it pretty openly. Yeah. So, but luckily I haven't been cheated on uh, the last couple girlfriends. So, you know, I think people would dig it and, uh, you know, might yeah. be a, maybe you bring an ex, I bring an ex. Yeah. Uh, and I think <laughs> that could be real awkward. Uh, if, uh, <clears throat> It's, uh, you know, but we'll figure it out. We'll, uh, we'll cast that later. But, uh, Nicole, you're an awesome person. I'm glad you got to, uh, come here. People got to know you, you know, this certainly isn't going to get you the notoriety of doing Joe Rogan's podcast, <laughs> but you know, it gets enough of a following that, uh, people will become fans of yours now. And, uh, since I have a primarily uh, male viewership, I have some women uh, viewers, uh, don't be inappropriate. I know that's the name of this podcast, but that's because it's me. I can be inappropriate. Don't text uh, or don't uh, tweet or Instagram Nicole in her inbox asking her to blow it out. So <laughs> just relax. Be nice to her. Follow her. Like her shit because she's funny and a good person. And, uh, you know, leave a review on iTunes, you lazy fucks. Uh, inappropriate Earl. SoundCloud and iTunes. Nicole, any final words? Anything you want to plug? No, but happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's a real fucking doozy. I haven't slept in two and a half months, but uh, we'll save that for the podcast. And uh, don't ask me who I'm talking about. 